This is the Negotiate X Podcast, show number 26. You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Welcome to another episode of the NegotiateX podcast. I am your co-host and co-founder, Nolan Martin. With me today is my good friend, Aram Denisian. Aram, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great, Nolan. Happy New Year to you. Yep. Happy New Year. It's a brand new year, 2022. Hopefully it goes a little bit better than 2021. And um, I'm ready to just kick this off because it's been a while that we have been recorded. So are you ready to jump right into this, Aaron? I, sh- I sure am. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, over the holidays, we received a question in and um, over the next few episodes, we're actually be answering quite a few questions. But specifically for this one, it is, hey, basically, what do I do? If after we've gone through the negotiation process, we've, you know, think that we've come up with a good game plan, however, implementation breaks down. The question is basically, what do we do at that point? How do we go back, take a look at this, and how do we work through it with our counterpart? So with that, Aram, what are we going to do if an implementation process breaks down after we've come to a negotiated agreement? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And uh, our friends at Advantage, uh, Danny Ertel, wrote an article about um, negotiating with an implementation mindset that I highly recommend people read. It's one of my favorites. I have my students read it. And it really tries to get to how you avoid this problem in the first place and how what can you do during the negotiation and it really begins with your mindset. Are you negotiating with the idea that implementation is going to matter? Or are you negotiating just to get a deal done, right? And assigning the deal at the end. And that's that's kind of a trap many people fall into. So I recommend picking that article up. So what, what would I recommend doing in this case? The, the first piece is you got to investigate. And, and what we would call this a doing a post-mortem analysis of, of kind of the the situation and why why did implementation break down do you think that this is usually like on the like all right so implementation breaks down we we do a postmortem we try and figure out what's going on do we point fingers i mean are we looking internally <laughs> yeah. like what exactly are we looking for to to kind of figure this whole thing out. Yeah, well, I I appreciate the tea up there. Obviously, the blame game is rarely going to be helpful. <laughs> uh and and it's understandably so it's it's a place that many people tend to go right this is your fault this is your fault uh and they try to assign blame uh that's really going to be kind of a waste of our energy and efforts here right if we're going to try to move forward because sure we could go to some sort of blaming we should go to some sort of litigation enacting certain you know clauses in the contract where if you didn't fulfill your side now here's what you got to do and the truth is, the reason we signed the contract in the first place was we were both pretty excited about the terms and, and what was the value we both were going to get. So, uh, you know, my recommendation would be is going back and saying, what got in the way? And as you said, Nolan, some of it, a lot of it could be internal, right? So 
uh, great for us to look internally and, and lead them, help them also do the same sort of internal analysis. Were there commitments that we made that just weren't feasible? And so they seemed like a great idea at the negotiating table, but maybe we didn't have the engineers there. We didn't have the right people from operations there to say, oh, that's really not feasible or that's really going to stretch us thin. Or maybe our folks who are in procurement and managing supply chain weren't uh, consulted and saying, oh, that would be great in a you know non-COVID world. But, give it, <laughs> but given, given COVID and supply chain being really stretched, that's just not realistic, right? And so maybe it is an internal problem. And then certainly we want to look at, you know, the process by which we negotiated too. Did we ignore certain interests? You know, were there other options where we could have gotten creative? Did we not kind of benchmark to the appropriate industry standard or or we were trying to do something new and set a new precedent? And that just wasn't a really good idea. There's, there's any, any number of those things would be kind of paths to take. Yeah, when I first you know, read this question, one of the first things that kind of came to mind is, so my first deployment was in 2012, 2013, I believe, like, I think it was 12 to 13, or no, sorry, it was 13 to 14, give or take, anyways, somewhere in there. But I remember always hearing from village elders like, oh, we were promised this from the army, we were promised this and it's just never happened. Or landowners would come up and be like, hey, we were promised that we would be, you know, paid for you renting our land to be able to put your combat outposts. All the time, it seems like I remember hearing this, even from like our counterparts with the with the Afghan police, Afghan army, they'd always be like, hey, you know, so-and-so promised me this. And of course, so-and-so has already left. Like they're no longer in the country. Right. Um, right. And so hearing this, this question just like brings me back to those days of hearing, you know, counterparts, civilians basically ask that same question. And I guess we kind of got to go back and figure out the processes, figure out what's going on, understand the situation. It's almost like you're an investigator at this point to, to try and figure out what was promised, what's fair. I mean, you basically have to go through the entire process again. Yeah. Hopefully during th these negotiations, the, the people who, who negotiated the agreement are still in the company. So it won't be that difficult, but yeah, just, just kind of took but me not, back to that place. Yeah. But not always. Right. So sometimes they will have moved on to, or, you know, and, and we like to think that businesses will keep better records than, than we would have kept perhaps through deployments and do a better job of handoff of key, you know, key relationships and key projects and, and, and things that are going on. But that doesn't always happen either. Sometimes uh, organizations that we work with will say they're not as good as kind of institutionalizing those lessons learned as they could be. I think your, your examples should resonate with many folks. We actually wrote about a situation very similar to what you were describing around kind of a landowner promise and confusion. Uh, and that was in the HBR article we wrote back in 2010 called Extreme Negotiations. And, you know, what we praised in that situation based on a real life example, this young lieutenant who kind of got caught in the middle of that was rather than disengage or rather than just kind of capitulate and compromise, he did exactly what you said, which was get investigative get curious, slow the process down, and just really kind of be opening to listening, understanding. And again, pulling back the layers on 
what did happen? Where was the breakdown? Was it internal? Was it external? Was it because of a, a poor process that was followed? Was it just because we didn't do a very good job when we moved to the implementation phase of you know, making sure the right milestones had been established and ensuring that follow-up was occurring and, and re-engaging, right? So when we think about relationship and, you know, alliance management and these things that that, that affect how well we're going to implement together, well, it, it's, it's, a, it's continual and it's going to, you know, continue after the deal is signed. And we just can't, we can't ignore that and say, oh, we got an agreement. Now we can go on our merry ways. No, <laughs> it, it, you know, the reason that you and I, you know, talk about negotiation in the way we do is because there's value to be gained from the the ongoing relationship. So, you know, I think there's a question of once you've done that, there's a kind of a second piece to this discussion. You know, the question becomes: So, what do we do now? Yeah, and I think if if I can kind of take this one, yeah. So, I think we got to go back to our seven elements and kind of reevaluate altogether. I think reestablishing that communication. I mean, if you are the one that realizes that the negotiation broke down because of an internal problem, then it's going to help for you to get ahead of this, go back to your counterpart and figuring out, okay, let's, let's reestablish this relationship. Let's open up communication. And then really we're going to have to get back into the interest options and legitimacy to kind of rework through this. I mean, maybe, maybe the reason it broke down was just a simple, you know, step or, or chink in the armor, but it, it's not necessarily that it's an entire throw away that all the negotiation was for nothing. So I think getting back to the seven elements and reestablishing that communication relationship, I think, because it's going to be difficult. I think you're going to want to try and save face and uh, it's probably going to be a difficult conversation if you're the one that's breaking the news. So, I mean, what do you think about that, Aaron? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think there's an acknowledgement that where we are now isn't the same place we were weeks, months, years ago when we originally negotiated this. The, the, the conditions have changed. We're in a different place. And the nature of the problem is even a little different now because now we've there's been a commitment made. There's been a breakdown. There's been bro- maybe some broken promises. And that's affected the relationship. It's, it's gotten in the way of communication. So everything you're describing, and I think we just have to acknowledge that, right? This isn't it isn't like just starting over fresh. You're not doing that. There's there's now a history. And that history can be in, incredibly emotionally charging. I've worked with clients as, as we've role-played negotiations they're involved with, with a key supplier who continually kind of, kind of fails to deliver to either the spec um, or the timing that they've, they've committed. And yet they're a supplier that we need to continue to work with. We don't really have a choice there. And the emotion from the clients that, that you and I've worked with is, is very strong, right? I mean, you can cut it, cut the tension with a knife. It's so strong. <laughs> so, you know, one other, one other way to kind of think about it in terms of what we do now is in, in kind of to bring air and light to that kind of dynamic where there is a history is this tool that we call the four quadrant tool. And really the four quadrants, quadrant one is just saying, where are we today and where is it we want to be? And acknowledging that there is a gap between our current state and our ideal future state. And that's okay. That's, that's, it's, it's okay that we are. And now it's not okay if we just say we're going to stay in our current state when we have an ideal future state we want to get to. 
but it's okay that this has happened, right? We should expect in any situation, because we're imperfect people working in an imperfect world, that there's going to be a gap between where we are and where we want to be. And then from quadrant one, you move to quadrant two. And as you do a little more digging into why that gap exists, you do root cause analysis, right? Which is really what you and I were saying with regards to the first, you know, doing a postmortem on when a negotiation breaks down. And we do that breakdown of root cause analysis together. So this isn't a blaming game. This isn't breaking down all those questions we were asking about why why we aren't where we we want to be. Why does the gap exist? Now, I'm assuming that all this, although we don't necessarily like to think about it in, in terms of like this, but I'm assuming this probably happens more often than not, right? Like not every negotiation is going to be perfectly implemented. There's going to be road bumps along the way. I'm assuming that it's pretty smart to be to address this, you know, even before you finalize that negotiation, like, hey, we're both reasonable people. We both know that, you know, this is a three-year plan and that there are going to be road bumps. How do we address those when we get to them? So yeah. before you even come up with the negotiated agreement, it's like, hey, we're both reasonable. We're both on board. We both want to move forward. However, what should we do when we run into an issue because it's going to happen? So I'm assuming that it that it makes sense to address it during that initial negotiation. Is, is that an accurate statement? Yes. And I would say rather than use the word however there, I would use the word and, right? We're excited. This is three years. And what are we going to do? How are we going to handle when when bumps arise? And this this kind of this four quadrant tool will help us do that, right? It helps us say we're going to have a gap even as we get into implementation. We're not going to hit it out of the park. How do we come back and address issues that we have with timing, quality, whatever it might be? How do we do the root cause analysis together? How do we then quadrant three brainstorm possible solutions? And as we brainstorm possible solutions to the actual root causes, and then kind of saying, what do we do with regards to like quadrant four, which is a new shift and new things of action. So we're talking about all these tools, Aram. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to throw in a quick plug right here. And that's going to be for the Negotiate X Pro version of our website. So we are going to be launching come one March, a backstage pass where basically we're going to be meeting with you our listeners once a month. And then also we are going to have a bunch of tools like, like we had just talked about several different tools, seven elements prep. What's the the name of the tool that you just discussed, Aaron? The four quadrant tool. The four quadrant tool. There's going to be a bunch of tools that we're going to bring to negotiate X to be able to help you in order to sign up for, to be notified when we release this, if you can go to negotiatex.com slash webinar, Aram and I on February 22nd at noon Eastern are going to be hosting a webinar where one, we're going to be covering an important topic, topic to be determined. We're going to have a poll. We're going to, you know, get the main topic, figure out what you want to discuss. And then an open forum Q and a where we're able to understand, you know, what you want to see on the backstage pass. What tools does your business need? What are you looking for to get out of negotiate X? We're going to cover all this in the webinar. So again, February 22nd, you can go to negotiatex.com slash webinar to sign up for that webinar. And, um, and we'll discuss, you know, how to, how you can get access to all these tools that we will be rolling out. Okay. Sorry. Had to throw that plug in there, Aram. Yeah, no worries. Jumping back into this. So 
ultimately though i think you know once we do identify that that something broke down hopefully it's internally but even if it's externally we definitely need to discuss this and i think that the format we can use is the after action report so identifying what went wrong and then how can we prevent this in the future how we can prevent this in the future and kind of what steps need to take and, and, and the four quadrant allows us to do that a little bit, right? It, it integrates, it integrates some of that after action into, into, into kind of really brain, you know, focused brainstorming on the actual problem rather than just jumping to solutions, which many of us try to do, this was broken, what do we do next? But actually ensure that have we really uncovered where the breakdown occurred and are we going to now resolve uh, and repair for the appropriate uh, issue. Okay, so that is the webinar. But now, kind of wrapping up our discussion today, I want to talk about the AAR after you identify an issue, how you're going to use that four quadrant tool to basically figure out what went wrong, diagnose it, and prevent it in the future. I mean, how how would you basically address that, Aram? How would you use the tool to address the uh, the AAR? Yeah, the after action review, you know, that that you and I are very familiar with is one of those things that we talk about in the military where no thin skins, no hurt feelings, we're going to really pick apart things that are working well, things that we need to do differently going forward. And we encourage our clients to do the same thing. The four quadrant allows you to do that. And it really allows you to ensure you're, you're going to address the right nature of the problem. So when we have to go back and, and repair or, or, readdress where there's been a, a some sort of concern, uh, regardless if it's internal or external, that we're making sure we're addressing for the right thing and and we're solving for the, the, the correct problem. And so we, we avoid this going forward, or at least we get closer and incrementally uh, and iteratively get closer to uh, that ideal state that we're, we're aiming for. Well, I think that this um, has been an awesome discussion. If you you know, questions like these, I feel like it's always great because it's not just us coming up with what's the next episode. It's always, right. hey, what does someone want to hear? What what advice, what, you know, tools do they need to overcome something that they've obviously encountered? So, but this is a podcast that is all about taking action. So with that, Aram, what are some action tips we can give our audience from today's episode moving forward. Yeah, the first one is when when breakdown occurs, don't react and get investigative, okay? Get curious about, about why it did. The second one is look both at internal sources of the breakdown as well as external. And the third one is have a really good process. And I liked what you said, even in place before we've left the initial negotiating table anticipating a breakdown may occur, have a process in, in place for how we're going to come back and together readdress issues as they arise. I don't think I have anything to add. I think you summarized this episode perfectly. Hey, I appreciate you listening to today's episode. So does Aram. If you want to hear something like this in the future, please just shoot us a question at team at negotiatex.com. This is what we put into our mail bag episodes and ever we, you know, really want some motivation, we grab one of those questions and we're able to make a uh, episode from it. Again, sign up for the webinar. Really excited for what's coming out in March. I think you're going to be too. You can do that at negotiatex.com slash webinar. Again, save the date. It's February 22nd at 12 Eastern uh, that we'll be having that webinar and really that Q&A session. So bring your questions at that time as well and uh, you'll be able to answer them 
live with Aram and, and myself. So looking forward to it. Really appreciate listening to today's episode and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.